It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ready for a story about superheroes? More TV superheroes, just what the world needs. Be honest, have you hung yourself yet? Welcome, Primers, into this issue 135 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Capping Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. We are coming to you with another episode. This time we're going to be doing another episode of Arrow and the Flash as Supergirl uh, was on break again this week. Uh, last week for the Super Bowl, this week for the Grammys. So makes sense because two big events that you don't really want to compete against uh, ratings-wise because you're not going to win, uh, especially the Super Bowl. You're not going to win against the Super Bowl. Grammys, maybe you got a shot, but not <laughs> not against the Super Bowl. No, not e- at all. <laughs> even though it was uh, dully dully, the most boring Super, Girl- Super Bowl. Sorry to any Patriots fans out there. I know there's at least one that listens to this podcast <laughs> sorry Anne. um but it's uh yeah you know supergirl was on break and legends is still on break until april which sucks i'm really uh, want that show to come back you know it's it's, it's really not that far away though in the grand scheme of things we're like a month and a half and and we're back in it so uh yeah. I, i'm i'm excited for the return of that show i am, I, am too. I, I feel i feel like in addition to supergirl i need a little bit of enjoyment happening on the arrowverse side well, uh, we'll get we, into that. We did get some enjoyment this week, though. But uh, not in the Arrowverse. Not in the so. Arrowverse. Uh, yeah, we are going to, on top of talking about and breaking down Arrow and The Flash, we are going to be bringing you our review of the pilot episode of Doom Patrol. Uh, and just a forewarning, this is going to be spoilerful, as we do have the warning at the beginning of the podcast. So we're going to talk about Arrow and Flash first, because we know some of you have not had the opportunity to see Doom Patrol yet. Uh, if you're living in Canada, it hasn't hit you yet. So you haven't, it's not like you've wasted time, you just haven't had an opportunity to watch it because you haven't been given one so uh if you haven't seen doom patrol yet after we talk about arrow and flash that'll be the time to drop out of the podcast and and come back to this but just like we did with titans we're going to review review the pilot and then once the entire season airs we'll go back we'll break it down a couple episodes at a time and we'll do a full review of the season but uh i'm i'm just getting this out of the way now holy shit that show was fantastic yeah um, I, I, all right. Well, let's let's save any any additional yeah. comments about that until we get to the end. We'll we'll throw it into our our, our one of three point ranking in the start though here, still just to and then we'll kind of 
go through our normal paces. Yeah. But we'll uh, just add that into the mix like a normal normal show. So Okay. Uh, yeah, let's do that. So uh, jumping into the reviews then, we'll as Robin mentioned, we'll give everything our one or three point ranking, that being sidekick, hero, or legend, in which we might have to add a new one, not going to lie. Uh, but let's start with Arrow, Season 7, Episode 13, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend. What do you give this one this week? Oh, God. <laughs> it's tough. It's really it's, tough on this one. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to play nice. I'm going to play nice today. Um, I'm going to give this a low-tier legend. I, I was really on the fence about if this was going to fall into Sidekick or not. And So <sighs> you're going from Sidekick to Legend. No, no, not not legend. Sorry. Oh, uh, sorry. I was like, Side, whoa, hero, hero, low tier hero, low tier hero, not legend. Okay, I was uh, like, wow, you really changed your mind. Definitely not legend. No, um, it, yeah, I would say a low tier hero. I, I'm gonna be nice, um, because I think maybe uh, my my reviews are starting to, to to feel that they're like getting skewed more and more on certain shows at this point, just because I I just want to be excited and I'm having a hard time being excited. Okay, um, I'm going mid-hero on, on mine. Uh, there was definitely some stuff that came up. Uh, there was one, of two thi- one or two things that came up in this episode that were completely predictable, uh, but in return had something that I was not predicting. So it's, uh, that's weird for me to say. But yeah, there was a couple things that I, I think could have done better, and I do have some... I'm not going to say complaints, but I do have some thoughts as to the series at this particular moment in time. And that's where my concerns come to. Yeah. So we'll get we'll dive back into them when we go back and we do the review. Uh, we do the breakdown. Uh, next, we have The Flash Season 5, Episode 14, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? It's a solid hero. I don't think it was a bad episode. I don't think it was a great episode. It was just right smack in the middle. Uh, it just kind of feels like been there, done that. You know, yep. Uh, but there was a moment that was just made me just smile ear to ear and made me want to go back and watch an older episode uh, immediately. So, ooh, I'm uh, interested to hear what this is. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm surprised that that didn't do it for you too. So, we'll it, it, you know what? It might have. I just might not be remembering it at this particular moment. Fair. So, uh, but yeah, I'm giving it. Um, I'm probably I'm gonna give it a mid to high hero there was definitely that's, that's kind of where i'm at too yeah it's it's definitely a lot of fun there was some great aspects of it uh but story wise i don't really feel like it progressed the story very much uh in terms of uh the cicada aspect uh the, yeah, cicada, no. the, the cicada aspect is kind of at a stall right now well i uh, mean i think i think that's a big problem outside of supergirl right now i feel like all of these shows including i hate to say it even Legends right now. Well, Legends hasn't had time to kind of yeah. get moving yet because it's been on break. But um, it feels like a very slow start to the Arrowverse this year. And we're midway through the series for all these shows. Um, and I feel like I, I think we only know of who the big bad is in one of these shows. And that's the show that's on break. Yeah, um, yes. All the other ones, I'm like, <laughs> who is your big bad at this point? Because I'm generally not sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm with you on that. Uh, and last but certainly not least in this point, we have Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 1, Sidekick. Let's not even talk about Sidekick or Hero, because they don't exist. They don't exist. What are you giving ooh, this ooh, one? Ooh. 
Can we can we unveil a new new ranking to uh, use only in the special times? Yeah, because you were the one that came up with this, and I totally and agree. Yes, it fits. That's the best I could come up with, and I'm like, that's perfect. So if we were to say something got cranked up to an eleven on this show, so sidekick, hero, legend, or new god? Yes. Um, this show gets a new god. Um, wow, I was blown away. And just to make sure people understand. We will retroactively do that with a couple episodes. Slabside Redemption, New God. Yes. Elseworlds as a whole, New God. <laughs> you <laughs> yes. Know, no question about it. All these ep- there's because there's, I, I got to say this. There's been some of the greatest single episodes across this year so far, whether it's been Titans, whether it's been Young Justice, Arrow, you know, Supergirl, all these pieces, all of them have had some really brilliantly shining episodes this year. So. Um, so yeah, and that's, uh, they're, they're going to definitely end up in that category for best episode, uh, on the primer awards this year. So we'll see. Yeah. It's which we got to start working on soon too. So I got to start working on like graphics and stuff for that. But, uh, yeah, man, if, if we're cranking things up to 11 and that's called a new God, then this is getting a new God for me too. Cause this show, man, I was engaged every second of the episode, um, Humor, heart, d- this show had everything I wanted. And I'm even going to say it right now before we even go into the review. Uh, comparing the pilot of Doom Patrol to pilot of Titans, dude, Doom Patrol wins. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know what, too? You could definitely see how much I think the DC Universe, you know, like team, that's the creative team over there, how much they learned from Titans. Because Titans ended in a big, bad way. And it was really fantastic, really awesome. But like you could, it had a shaky start, and they found their footing by the time they actually hit the Doom Patrol episode because Titans picked up immensely at that point. Yeah, and I think once they got going, knew what they wanted to do, they had kind of a plan for the DC Universe shows, and they took what they learned from there and really proved it in in the pilot. So, I, and again, directed by Glenn Winter, who we know is uh, the person that's directing. Um, bat, uh, you know, the Batwoman pilot as well. Yeah. That's really awesome. I can tell you right now when we, and he's directed, he's been like cinematographer on like Arrow and Uh, and Smallville. And I think he directed um, Arrow's pilot as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's, he's a big name behind this show. And I can tell you right now, um, and I'm getting this out of the way before we start doing the review so that people who haven't had the chance to watch it, I want to encourage you to watch it when you get that opportunity. Um, And you know what? I'm just going to put this out there, too. For some of the people that haven't had an opportunity to watch it and might not have the opportunity to watch it, we now have a way to do watch parties online. Um, We might do one for Doom Patrol since to give people an opportunity to watch it Um, because it's not through Facebook anymore like we did it last time. We don't. Facebook, we didn't want to take the chance of Facebook shut, shutting down our page and all that stuff. We now have a way that we can do it where we we can't be shut down or anything so we might do this for doom patrol um just to give people an opportunity to watch it but um and now that i started talking about that i forgot what my my first point was it's okay yay me (laughs) (laughs) um yeah oh i remember what it was this is a show in just the pilot alone if the next one or two episodes are just as strong which i feel like they will be uh this is a show that i will probably watch through at least two or three times before we even start to review it 
Um, normally, I'm gonna. I would normally, like even with Titans, I waited. I watched like maybe two or three episodes, stopped, and I'm like, I'm just gonna wait for it to wrap and binge through it. That's what I did too. I don't think I can do that with this one. No. Nope. Um, even even my wife is a big binge watcher. She doesn't like waiting week to week on shows at all. She sat down and watched it with me, and she said, "No question about it, we have to watch this every week." And I'm like, "You betcha." Yep. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm I'm pumped to watch this show, man. So, oh, um, and before I gotta take this podcast off the rails for a second and sure bring up a side point because I meant to do this when we started off. Jersey update. Uh, very important for you guys that are waiting on the hockey jersey notifications, what's going on uh, before we do these full breakdowns. Uh, just a quick update because if, if people are skipping past uh, Titans or do Patrol to listen and they bow out of the show there because they don't want spoilers, whatever. Good point. Um, and miss the news, that would be there. So... <laughs> um, so we are working with a wonderful guy by the name of Riley over at Aweo, who is the company that's working on us on the jerseys with us. They went through and reviewed our design. Uh, everything is good except one major thing. <laughs> so uh, the major thing being the logo on the front of the jersey, which is the crossover logo. Um, there are some serious resolution problems that they're having before they can do any kind of printing. Unfortunately, um, that means I have to recreate that from scratch. Uh, in very, very high res. It may take some time, and I do apologize. That is probably going to put us back behind um, probably close to a month. So, um, But hopefully you, everybody will be able to have them before finales of the shows this year. We shall see. I cannot give any guarantees. Uh, but like I said, we're working on trying to resolve it. Uh, that may mean that our crossover logo ends up ultimately looking different because of um, resolution issues and piecing that together because they have very high criteria because the way that their printer works, it's not like Redbubble or T-Fury or any of these places uh, where they're like, okay, yeah, you can have this resolution. It'll be fine because when it prints, it'll kind of take care of those problems. From seeing the logos on their sample jerseys that they sent us, they are crisp and clean and very vibrant. So if there is a resolution issue, it will indeed show up. So these have to look perfect. So I have to really, really, really work to make sure that this is going to look exactly the way it needs to look. Yeah. So. And, and you know what? And I think not having them until the end of the seasons, I think, is fine. Uh, I mean, because they are artificial jerseys. They are going to have Earth numbers on the back. So I think as long as we get them done before next season begins and we start heading into uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is where a lot of the Earth numbers are going to take precedence, um, Although I think some of these shows are already starting to set it up, to be honest. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I think as long as we have everything done by the end of the season, and I'm going to help you in any way I can to get these to get this new logo done. So, yeah, we'll see. It's it's a matter of right. It, it, it's just a lot of hard work to make sure that this looks right. But again, I don't want to give you guys a subpar thing, especially at that price. We don't want to half-ass uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to make sure it is perfect. Uh, and again, the folks at Away have been amazing. They've given us breakdowns, full-on feedback about, hey, this is what you should try to aim for, all these pieces. So um, I've got a person there that I'm working with uh, pretty closely, and we're back and forth communication with email. So as soon as it's ready, we'll make sure we give you guys an update. Ben and I are still going to at least get a single printing done, whether it's one jersey or both of us each get one, just to make sure everything is going to look exactly the way it needs to look. Um, by the time and if there's any reason why it's not we will come up with a brand new logo and something brand new and we will make sure to share that off to you guys before anything happens yeah so for sure um 
Yeah, so again, the order of the episode this year uh, today is going to go a little bit different. We're just about to go back and start breaking down Arrow and Flash. Then we're going to talk about Doom Patrol, so it'd be a time to bail out. Um, unless you want to move Doom Patrol until after the news, so that people still get an opportunity to hear the news this week. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Do that. Yeah, so we'll do that. We'll save Doom Patrol at the end, because we want you guys to hear like, the latest in the DC world, too. Uh, all right, so let's jump back and talk about this week's episode of Arrow. Uh, season 7, episode 13, Star City Slayer. Oliver and Felicity are disappointed after they learn that William is hiding something from them. Wanting to focus on his family, Oliver steps back from Green Arrow duties and lets the team take over tracking down a serial killer. However, when the team becomes targets for the killer, things take a bloody turn. So, first things first, we obviously, we talked about this last week, we mentioned it last week when we were looking ahead, that Stanley was going to be returning this week, and it turns mm -hmm. out that Stanley is indeed the Star City Slayer, in which he was the one that was targeting everybody, all the, the vigilantes. Uh, we saw that Dinah had gotten that note, we saw that um, Laurel had gotten the note, we find out Renee gets one this episode, and so on, and... You know, it was one of those things. This is one of my biggest, I'm not going to say complaints. This is a concern of mine. And I'm sure you probably share this too. In that we still don't have a big bad this season. Uh, yeah. Um, and it, 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 I don't know who the, what are they doing? What is this season? I generally don't know. This season might as well be called Arrow Secret Sisters. Because this is the second secret sister we've gotten in what three weeks, four weeks. Uh, it's it's it like <laughs> when when we were getting there was a couple hints of you know Dinah getting the note, Laurel getting the note, and everything. And yeah. I thought, okay, we're we're finally getting teases of who could potentially be a big bad. And then we go into it this episode, and Stanley's taken out and and back incarceration by the end. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you just teased something for two or three episodes. You wrapped it up in one episode, and now we're back to square one where it's episode 13, and we don't have a big bad this season. Yeah. Uh, like, I, 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 I don't know where they're going with this season. I don't either. It feels like this episode felt like a cleanup, um, cleanup moment. I don't know if you, you would agree with this, but, you know— to kind of skip far, far ahead in this episode, you know, we lose two major players and I'm pretty sure they alter the direction of one character completely. Uh, and I think it's because they're trying to reset the board in the show because things got away from them a little bit and they need to find a way to clean up in preparation for next year in whatever way, shape or form that needs to be or for whatever they're planning for next year. Um, and I'm sure Beth Schwartz is already knows exactly where things are going to be. Uh, but again, it feels like, and I don't know if it's just me, we feel like, yeah, again, we're seeing less and less and less of Steven uh, in the show. Uh, very very specifically, less and less and less of Steven as the Green Arrow at all. Uh, we've seen him, I think, suit up once since Slabside. Maybe twice. Yeah. And, uh, and, not, a lot of, and not a lot of action from his character when he does suit up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, yeah, we've seen him suit up once in the one scene with the SCPD. Um, I think we saw him again, does kind of more street clothing. Uh, but then again, we had that episode last week. Or no, he wasn't even suited up last week when we had uh, the, you know, uh, Team Arrow all suited no, up. No, he, was, was... he was suited. When he was on the podium with the mayor, he was suited up. 
Oh, that's right. He was suited yeah. up there. So we, we've seen him suited up twice. So um, since uh, he, he's escaped slab side or not escaped, but he'd been been released. So it, it's I'm kind of curious again on where things are kind of heading as well. I, I'm generally not sure, but it feels like we are kind of stepping back a bit and well, well, I'm not sure where it's going. <laughs> so, well, here's the way I've been looking at it and it really shined not shined, but it really stood out this episode and in, in how I could potentially see this season in that at, we're, we're looking at the season. We've been looking at the season as in we have the current present day with, you know, Team Arrow and uh, and the, the rest of the gang. And then we have the flash forwards looking ahead to Connor Hawk and and uh, and Mia and, and those characters and, and, you know, and Colton, well, Colton and Roy and those characters. I think you need in order to see this season properly and in a better light i think you kind of have to reverse it i think you kind of have to look at the flash forwards as the new present day and everything with oliver is now a flashback it might be the case and i'm not sure and if that's the case (laughs) that's the best answer i can give uh, yeah i mean because i'm I'm a little if that's the case i'm a little concerned and i think i mean if you look at both arrow and flash right now they both are heavy in the future like we're seeing two we're seeing 2040 in arrow 249 in in flash or 246 in flash i think is it 246 yeah i think you're at 246 um 249 249 was what we saw in legends um yeah yeah we're seeing a lot of heavy future and i think what we're seeing is a lot of post-crisis i and i mentioned it earlier on i think these shows while they've come out and said we're not going to get any crisis on infinite earths I think these shows are already starting to set it up. Yeah. Um, we're seeing, you said, like you mentioned, it's light on Oliver. I think they're already gearing us up for an Oliver sacrifice uh, by the end of this. Uh, we're, we're getting teases to, you know, uh, Nora and Eobard's relationship, which is post-crisis. We know for sure already is post-crisis. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, this is kind of jumping ahead to Flash, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of Eobard's plans with Nora have something to do with crisis i'm pretty sure that's the case yeah um so, and, and it's it's not that i think the show is aimless right now i think it's because they have so much they have so much heavy lifting they have to do to get to next year and i think that might be the problem um you know it's the same thing happens in comic books when they have a you know a major event happening or there's a major uh, event on the horizon comics kind of have to shred their current storylines sometimes to help kind of build to a larger thing. And I think that might be happening for the first time in the Arrowverse where they know they have to put pieces in play that are a lot larger than normal. Um, normally, instead of like just the stinger at the end of the episode, Mike, you know, we jump to Earth 90 and see like John Wesley's ship going through the wreckage to the monitor, you know, it, where they can get away with just a quick shot like that. I don't think they can do that here as they build up to Infinite Crisis yeah. or Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, I think that's the that is a detriment even though it's the it's leading to something exciting. Yeah, and I agree with that too. But it's just like I said, I just don't know again, I think if you if you look at the season in reverse as I mentioned where the flash forwards are the present day and what we're seeing with Oliver and Diggle and all those guys are flashbacks, the season kind of makes more sense, but it still doesn't make it a stronger season. Mm-hmm. If you look at it that way. Um because it we really are seeing more action and more story being driven forward in the flash forwards yeah than we are of, in the current right and i i think you know it's it's been interesting to kind of watch that i i think 
I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of put this. Everything I, current, I, everything current right now to me is just is just set up for. They're not driving their own separate storyline. It's pretty much just been set up for what's happening in the flash forwards. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and really, that's that's the only downside too. And I even mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I kind of just I, I had my tirade, um, or actually, I think that was what right before Elseworlds is. I think when I was just kind of like no, <laughs> so. Um, and they did another moment like that this week. And I think it's problematic on the way that they're formulating a little bit of this plot thread. Uh, there was a major incident that happened with Dinah this week uh, that we knew had to happen because yeah. every time we've seen her in the flash forwards, we see this massive scar across her throat. And we saw how that occurred this week. And I did not expect that to happen that way. No, me neither. Uh, with Stanley slitting her throat. And I mean, like, it was graphic. <laughs> it was they they did not hold back and kudos for them for just saying we're going for it and we're going for it hard. Um, but that also ties into some of the other things that happened this week. But again, you see that happen and you're like, well, I know she doesn't die because, you know, we, we've been following her in the future in the 2040s since the start of the series. And I'm like, okay, well, it just feels like you just have to explain away a situation right now because of the costume choicing or something like that. But uh, then I thought about it more and more. I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing. Um, you know, this week they took William and Curtis off the board by the end of the show. And we'll get into those stories in a bit in a few minutes. Um, but think about it. They removed those characters in. So there's no longer the weight of Oliver's son hanging over the show right now, which is kind of important. You need to kind of shift him out because of what's to come. Curtis, again, his character MO does not feel like it fits the mold of the show currently. And I know part of it was Echo Cullen wanting to move on and spend more time with his family. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they said we need to thin this cast out a little bit right now because of some of the things going on and what we have to build towards. In addition to that, though, too, you now have been faced in this season with a problem of having two canaries, one black siren, one black canary. How do you fix that? Ta-da! Yeah, yeah, yep. Don't. And they mentioned this. They don't know what's going to happen to her voice. Well, obviously we know she can talk, but this is probably how they don't have her use her canary cry. And now we have a black canary again, uh, being Laurel Lance, so from Earth Two. And I think that's how you reset. And I think this was a smart move. And I think it was the right move. And you have her fall back into the Quinton Quinton role, which I think works here because she's been proving she can play that role well. This season, I think I've really enjoyed her pretty heavily in th that role. And I think if they kept her there, still give her plenty to do. But this also gives an opportunity for La for Laurel to finish off that redemption arc and kind of step into the hero role. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think uh, they're kind of cleaning up and maybe even streamlining the, the story at this point. You mentioned, you know, with Dinah getting her throat cut and stepping into the Quentin role and, and um you know, Laurel finishing out her redemption arc. I, I think you're right on all aspects. It's just a matter of it's episode 13. It, you might have wanted to do this a little earlier so yeah. that we could have gotten a more, uh, more, um, more fluid story throughout this. Um, because, I mean, again, uh, we're a little over halfway through the season. There's still a lot of time left to tell a story. Oh yeah, plenty. Um, you plenty. know, so it's it's not like we're at episode twenty and we still don't have a big bat. I mean, I, I feel like with these moves that you that you just you know pointed out that they made with kind of clean loot, tying up some loose ends with how things are going to play out. I think now going forward, now's the point 
if you don't do it now, you might be too late. Right. And I think they knew that they had to kind of rush through some of these points. And I think that's ultimately, too, because, again, you had the slab side arc. You had Elseworlds that was in, in this year. Uh, you had the celebration of the 150th episode. Uh, that kind of takes away a little bit of them giving, giving getting an opportunity to focus on this story. So they had a lot of heavy lifting to do in the back half of the season. We knew that going in after with how long the slab side stuff went on. And that's not to say that stuff was bad by any stretch of the imagination. It gave us one of the best episodes of Arrow we have ever seen. God, yeah. Um, and then again, you know, the 150th episode was the best way to celebrate the show's legacy. And they, they also achieved that 100% with a, another new God quality level episode. I love saying that. Um, <laughs> and I will say they made a lot of brilliant right moves, but now they have to, they're going to, there's going to be more episodes like this where they're going to be cleaning up the board. And I think to, we should not be surprised as viewers and for you and me as critics to be surprised, if not be surprised if we don't see more of this as they're continuing to clean up. I wouldn't be surprised if we get close to the original Team Arrow by the end of the season. Yeah, and I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. I'd be totally fine with that. Um, let's talk about a couple of the things that you have that have that did play out through this episode. You did mention uh, we saw the return. Of, I mentioned we saw the return of Stanley, and we saw Stanley slitting the throat of of um, of Dinah. Uh, I will. I do want to say though, man, oh man, with as uh, the way this you know story aside, Brandon Fletcher, holy dude, he shit, dude, it. he is fucking crazy. Sorry for the language. He is fantastic as Stanley. I I honestly that was one of my di- biggest disappointments with this episode playing out and ending the way it did with him being captured at the end is because he's so good. That I wanted more of Stanley. Yeah, um, he. It's bad he, to say because he's a villain, but I, I wanted well, more of him. He was fantastic. I mean, he he played that character so incredibly well, and I was really blown away with his performance. I think he did an exceptional, exceptional job. Uh, and you're right. I wish we could have could have got a little bit more of him, but I think the way that they framed it, it had this great wonderful dramatic you know suspense mode like things happening when they were in you know kind of his lair and they were going through and what leading up to Dinah's throat being slit because again even though we knew it was coming that it was what for me kept this out of any kind of sidekick territory I was just like that was so unexpectedly intense and his, you know Fletcher's performance was so 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 good well not only that but he portrays that character so well and it- I know we've criticized the writing a little bit this season, but I'd even go as far as to say that the writing of Stanley was really well done. Like they turned him in this one episode from just this simple kind of crazy obsessive boy that was in prison with Oliver to somebody who is actually really smart. I mean, and terrifying and terrifying. Yeah. You look yeah. at the, the drug that he created that paralyzed Oliver, Felicity, and William, um, and then that whole scene playing out, like, you you mentioned, like, Dinah getting her throat cut and how graphic that was, and the whole scene in his lair played out like a horror film, which mm-hmm. was beautiful, but then you get that whole scene in Oliver's home with them where they're paralyzed and having to sit and listen and, like, try and plan their way out of this without being able to move – Dude, there was a lot of heavy intensity to that scene, too. 
And you look at the one common occurrence between both of those scenes, and it's Brandon Fletcher as Stanley. Yeah, and I will say, too, even when we're in Oliver's home, uh, kudos to Emily um, and Stephen, and I can never remember the actor's name who plays William. Um, but uh, the, um, uh, Oh, God, yeah, I forget it, too. <laughs> uh, but the three of them gave great performances together. Jack that. Moore. Yeah. Jack Moore. Uh, all four of them just really excelled in that scene. And I really want to give props to every one of them because I think they all really deserved it. Um, yeah. So kudos to all of them. I think they, they really made that scene have some serious weight. And you generally even again, too, like I said, Stanley was kind of the the absolute standout of this. And it felt like his performance elevated everybody so greatly in the scenes that they were in and shared with him. As, so I was really blown away there as a viewer. I was more intimidated and terrified by Stanley than I was Diaz. Yeah, I agree. Easily. I'm, I, I 100% agree with you. So, so. I, I would have liked to have seen more of him and like to have seen him potentially be the big bad for this season uh, mm-hmm. and see what else he can do to terrify the rest of the that that show. But Well, the, well, the beautiful thing is he's not dead. That's, so. This is true. He's just and- incredibly knocked out with a bottle. It's possible we might see him sent to Argus or sent to Arkham Asylum, and we'll see him because we we hear Arkham Asylum dropped again in this episode. Yeah. So anything's possible. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see him make an appearance again it sometime would, in the, it in the would, future. It would be very interesting if – oh, see, they're different Earths. Never mind. I was going to say if we saw him pop up on, on Batwoman, mm. but and like escape Argus and, and be – No. Uh, a, no or, oh, no, they're not. They aren't th- they are the same Earth. That's Earth One, yeah. You're right. So we could potentially see him pop up as as a villain on Batwoman at it's some very point. Possible. If yeah. he's sent back to if he's sent back to uh, Arkham, mm-hmm. anything so, is possible right now. So I'm very curious to see where it's going to go. Yeah, I hope I do hope they bring him back and they um they they uh they use him again because he was fantastic. Uh, but as you did mention too, we did see the um. Uh, the departure of two characters, uh, of two actors from the show. Uh, either one of them, I think, are open to return uh, mm-hmm. at any point in the future. They haven't been I written know. off permanently. I know Echo Cole did confirm that. So Yeah, he did say that he, he'll come back whenever they want him to use, uh, whenever they want him to come back so they can use him. Uh, but you're right. He, he left. He wanted to spend more time with his family at home, which you can't blame the guy for that mm-hmm. at all. Um, again, like he's an incredibly nice guy, so I can't. You can't fault him for that. And his character's been kind of lacking lately anyway. Not lacking in his portrayal of the character, but the writing. They haven't been utilizing that character very much. Right, and it feels like he's been there as comic relief, and it's that comic relief is coming when comic relief doesn't need to be coming, I think. That's the problem. They, they're just kind of trying to shoehorn him in, and that's that's on the writers, not on Echo's portrayal of Mr. Terrific. And I, you know what? I... I you know, huge kudos to him for the work he's done on this show. He is going to be a character that I will absolutely miss because I think he did bring a lot to the show for a long time. And um, I think really it just boils down to they just did not know what to do with this character anymore. Um, but you know what? And I'm sure he felt the same way and it was time to move on and kind of kind of work on his own life and spend time with his family. And, you know, I we wish him absolutely the best and we can't wait to see him return again sometime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the last we've seen of the T-Spheres, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, and when he left, we did see him turn over um, Helix it, completely to Felicity. So, uh, and now that we know that the Arrow Cave is going to be rebuilt, it'll be interesting to see maybe if they incorporate the two together. 
Well, like I said, we know this is the step towards smoke technologies yep. uh, that we see in Legend, back from Legend Season 1. So um, all of that stuff is coming to coming to you know truth here, and we're going to see that play out more and more. And I think that's kind of cool that we're we're heading into that interesting direction. And I love it because originally we all felt that that was because of things that Vandal Savage did in the future, but it's not. I love the fact that it's, nope, this is because it's probably post-crisis. And you're right. I think this is this brilliant setup to see where things are going to go. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the other person that we see departing this, the series uh, is uh, Jack Moore, who I mentioned before, uh, who plays young William. And I think this is... Uh, you know what? I think this is a good move. Uh, I think he's been a strong actor portraying this character, and but when you look at how everything plays out, it it very much when we see adult William in the flash forwards in the season premiere, it does seem like he has been a character that's kind of been away for a while. So it makes sense to you that you would have to write off the young William character at some point. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't think. This is going to be the last we've seen of Jack Moore, um, but then again, he's not the same caliber as as when Echo was to this character. And you're right; they kind of had to write him off a little bit to kind of get rid of that aspect, so that Oliver can push forward with his story. Right, and I think the other piece with that too is ultimately, you know, you mentioned the future stuff, and it sounded like it's been a very, very, very long time since he has seen Oliver or Felicity or anything like that. Um, and I would not be surprised at all if maybe this really is the last time we're going to see him on the show. Yeah, and that's what I was leading up to with when I was comparing him to Echo, and that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him again, but I wouldn't be surprised in the least if we don't. Like it's right. It's kind of ha- it's it's half and half at this point. Right, and I think this is basically the storyline that sets up them not speaking anymore, the resentment happening, all these little pieces coming into play, whether that's because of his grandparents not wanting him to associate with Oliver at all, because you see that kind of set up in this episode, and you can see that potentially play out. But you're right. If we do see him, I think it's going to be in a very, very small role as a quick cameo in an episode or here or there, like whether it's a phone call or something along those lines together. But I don't think you're going to see much, if any, of his character going forward from now to the end. Actually, you know what? I'm going to make the call right now, thinking about it, actually. I don't think we will. I don't think we ever will. Um, and it has to do with the big revelation at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, Mia is the, the is the child of Felicity, uh, in which we find out Felicity is pregnant by the end of this episode. She is... Now, here's the thing. It hasn't been revealed that she is the daughter of Oliver, but I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah. I, I can't I can't see any other unless she cheated or she had a child with somebody else after Oliver. I can't see it being any other way. So she's the allicity baby that I know people have been asking for. And when I mentioned like something very predictable, I had a feeling this was coming. What yeah. I what I didn't call was Mia being the the allicity baby. Yeah, and I think one of the, the reason I was also kind of like even said, you know, uh, Arrow season seven, uh, just call it Secret Daughters, because again, yeah. or Secrets or the Secret, Secret Sisters, because again, I, I, you know, we had the Emiko thing, now we have the Mia thing. But I did, one of the things that made me roll my eyes like hard, <laughs> like I could hear them rolling in my head, <laughs> is when her delivery of that line reminded me of like cicadas like you know every meta must die it was that like same like can we do another take guys please <laughs> please but that felt like it felt like horrible hammy 
um, you know, like soap opera writing yeah. at that point and acting in that moment. And I'm like, come on, guys, do better. But that's what but it was. That's ugh. that's what leads me to believe that we're probably not going to see young William again. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's where the resentment is going to come in, because you figure Felicity is pre- finding out she's pregnant. Now, if you look at the timeline, she's figuring out she's pregnant now, which means within nine months, she's going to have the baby. Um, if William didn't know that he had a sister until now, it means he's never in contact with Felicity and Oliver again. Yeah, because otherwise he would know he has a sister. Yeah, probably. So it's a big wait and see on how all this is going to go. But yeah, no, you're right on that point. (laughs) Or I mean, this is this is where for me that is kind of like, okay, hey, look, we predicted. Hey, yeah, Felicity Smoke's not dead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no shit. I mean, and and devil's advocate. (laughs) He never says he just the last words of the episode are I'm your sister. Um, So it. Next episode, we could find out, like, William says, hey, I knew I had a sister. I never met you. So he could know he has a sister, and I have to completely take back everything I just said about him never having contact with Felicity and Oliver again. But Again, it's it's purely our guess at yeah, this point. We'll, so we'll, we'll, see how that, see. we'll see how that plays out next week. Uh, a couple uh, listener feedbacks that we'll get to real quick. Uh, our, friend, our buddy Shad says that the show is getting really convoluted. Kind of agree. Uh, to the most point. But um, Brandy Gan Myers and Michael Franks both agreed that they loved the episode. Uh, Brandy says she called Felicity getting pregnant last season, had a feeling that she was William's baby sister. That was cool. All the kids working together, hopefully now on the same page. Uh, and Michael Franks says, absolutely loved the episode. I wouldn't give anything away, but it was freaking awesome. Arrow is having an incredible season so far. Every single episode has been terrific. Eh, we don't agree with you there, but uh, we appreciate the feedback, and we're glad you're enjoying it because that's what's more important. Yeah, seriously. Like I said, um, don't don't yuck someone else's yum. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. If you're loving the season, we're not going to take that away from you. Like enjoy Absolutely it. Absolutely not. We're 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 just we're critiquing the shows. That that is purely our that is our role here. Yeah, is, we still enjoy watching them. Oh yeah, totally. I love a lot of these characters. They are fantastic characters. I just think. Um, you know, again, it's there, there gets a, to be a certain point in time where things just need to get streamlined, which is exactly what I think they're doing. And they need to kind of right now they're they're kind of stuck in limbo until I think the viewers and maybe even the writers <laughs> <laughs> know, know who their big bad is. And I think that's a problem. Um, and I would like to see that adjusted as, as soon as possible. Uh, and hopefully that will happen soon. But there is something that's interesting, and I'll even bring this up in the news um, I'll bump this story up, but you know we saw a little bit, tiny, a little bit more of Connor Hawk in this episode. But we found out something interesting because he is going to be obviously a recurring role uh, throughout the rest of the season, potentially into next year as well. But it's interesting because the description for his character says John Diggle's adopted son and friend of Mia, who is hiding more secrets than it appears. So apparently, this is not John Junior. It says adopted adopted son. son. That's interesting. So kind of curious Could on just how. How this is going to play out could just be a smokescreen. It might Whatever. be, or this could just be a mistake on you know the way that they they put that information out. But if we find out he is actually the adopted son and it is Connor Hawk and not John Junior, that could be interesting. Or maybe that means the timeline is more malleable than we think, and things could be changing yet again. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I I, I will tell. I will say, and then we'll look ahead to to next week, uh, this week coming. But um, between current timeline and and forward timeline uh flash forwards i'm actually more intrigued 
with flash forward because I know we're at a point where we've seen in 2049 that Connor Hawk becomes the new Arrow and we're seeing a point now where they want to have nothing to do with vigilantes and I'm just very intrigued as to what's going to happen to change that like what's yeah. going to cause him to want to don the suit so that's keeping me interested and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing as we progress forward yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to this week, episode 14, Brothers and Sisters. Uh, no plot synopsis, so I have no idea what this episode is going to be about. And Brothers I'm kind- and Sisters. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of okay with that. Cause- it's going to be it's gonna be um, Oliver and Emiko and William and, and Mia. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. That'll be the big focal points. So, okay. All right, let's move forward to this time to The Flash, Season 5, Episode 14, Cause and Excess. After Iris lands in serious danger, Nora races to save her mother. Barry puts the finishing touches on the metahuman cure, leaving Cisco with a rare night off, so he decides to take Camilla on a date. First and foremost, another very light Grant Gustin episode. He yeah. is not in this episode very much at all. Uh, and you know what? I didn't have that big of an issue with it. Uh, when when done right, and you have these episodes that are hero light, um, it, if you do the episode right, it really shines a spotlight and a strength on the supporting team. And this episode did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was okay with this being a very light Flash episode. I agree. And I think that's okay. I think that worked out fine. Um, you know, we, we got a really nice heavy focus on Nora this week uh, of her kind of mucking about the timeline <laughs> um, in a horrible, horrible, horrible way. And she, in a very Barry-centric kind of way, <laughs> she's playing with the timeline. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to see this play out. But you're right, though. We did get the chance to see everybody kind of shine in this episode. So yeah. it, was, it was a good fit. I, I will say, uh, and this is kind of jumping to the end of the episode, um, I I loved, I absolutely loved the moment with Barry and Nora at the end. Yes, yes. That was the scene I was talking about that made me want to watch another episode. Okay, all right. It made, it made me want to go back to the first time that we meet, you know, Jay, Jay, Garrick. And, Jay Garrick. And, you know, we have the coffee cup moment. And I'm like, I love the fact that Barry did that with Nora. Yes. And because for one, it's it, for one, it it did. It does. It brings back memories of that episode where um, and I can't for the life of me. I can't remember what the name of that episode was. Um, but when I think it was it was episode one of season three. So. OK, when he's on Jay Garrick's Earth and Jay is there, he's telling him. You know how he's using the coffee mug as a representation of the timeline and how it breaks, you know, and it's never the same when you put it back together. One, it does. It brings back memories of that episode and John Wesley Ship being a part of the show. Uh, But two, it really is a great representation of that. Like it, it, it is one of the most clear ways to show what happens when you change the timeline. Um, you know, and it's it's one of those things. It just it when the show is able to use clear representation and clear explanations for a situation, it works out better for the viewer. And that is, to me, one of the clearest ways that you could describe how malleable the timeline really is. Yeah, and I think that the uh, yeah, I loved that scene so much. Uh, but yeah, it, it's I think it was a really great for one. Not only that, but I think. This was a beautiful connection point between Nora and Barry. 
uh, it was that not just a father role, but kind of like also the mentor role kind of happening at the same time. Yeah, because this is somebody that she idolized. Like it was her father that she never knew, but she still idolized him as this hero, the Flash, you know. So I think it was really cool to see that play. And I think this was the best scene that they have had together so far. And I think they really knocked it out of the park here. And even though that, again, Grant didn't have a lot of scenes this week, this one mattered so much that it it took care of all those moments. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Really, you know, the more I think about it, there's really not a lot to kind of break down. I mean, we we do have... uh, I kind of compared it when we were prepping this. Uh, this is kind of very similar to the Here I Go Again episode of Legends of Tomorrow. It's the Groundhog... Yeah, it's our, gra- yeah, it's our Groundhog's Day episode. Yeah. yeah, for The Flash. With, um, Although um, the only difference was that it, it's not a time loop that they're stuck in. It's Nora has the ability to run so fast forward that time reverses behind her. I, I don't get that completely. Um, uh, but well, I'm willing was- to let it go. They mentioned the fact that it was a fixed point that's like that there could only be X amount of outcomes, but because it is a fixed point, so they couldn't go beyond a certain section, but they found a way to play with that in a really cool kind of way. No, but yeah, that's not what threw me. Um, it, it wasn't the fixed point that kind of threw me. It was the fact that like, how does time reverse as you go forward? Like that's because I mean, Barry can run fast forward and it doesn't reverse time around him. So that's what I didn't kind of get. Oh no! I think she she did it as when she 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 was running she was she was going back. Uh, I think she was well. No, she uh, she says flat out that sometimes I run so fast that time reverses. I think that might just be one of Exus's powers. I can't remember for the life of me. Okay, so all right, maybe maybe it is, and that's kind of what I'm not grasping not a little all, bit. But all, all the speedsters are all slightly different than the next. You know, like the way that they pull energy from things. So and the way that all of them work. So. Who knows? Because, like, we know, for example, like, Bart Allen, um, you know, his functionality with the Speed Force is dramatically different than Barry's. All those little pieces. Like, you know, Wally is this speedster that's faster than Barry in the comics. Your brain, if you have to write a diagram of all their power sets, (laughs) your head will explode in five minutes. Uh, Yeah, I don't want that. Uh, All my brain can think of is Lewis Black. If it wasn't for that horse, I would have never spent that year (laughs) in college. (laughs) You think about that for more than two seconds, blood will shoot out your nose. Oh, my God. I haven't heard that special in so long. (laughs) That is a fantastic comedy special, by the way. Uh, It Um, really is. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, I guess it's it doesn't make much sense to kind of dwell on it for too long. Just kind of superhero powers. Yes. (laughs) To see it for what it is. Try not to explain it. And... Uh, you know, and you'll you'll be fine. We have a show with somebody that's a stretchy person that got stuck into the shape of a pear. We are <laughs> moving on. <laughs> that's that's very that's very true. Um, you know, but it feels like like while I did enjoy this episode and there was a lot of th- great things that happened to it with the team, you know, working together without Barry. Um, you know, it seems like the metahuman cure in this episode was pretty much just used to kind of write Barry off for a little while. Um. You know, because you could have had the metahuman cure work completely fine, but you came up with this reason that it was going to take a month. So let's spend Barry, let's send Barry into the speed force for, um, you know, for however long so that we can progress one hour. Yeah. Yeah. So that we can do this story with these guys. Um, and it seems like the cicada stuff, uh, Whilst this was a cicada centric episode and we got a lot of cicada, if you look at it, 
this was just another quick moment with Cicada. It just was repeated. Mm -hmm. That's what filled the episode. So this was another episode where they very easily beat Cicada and Cicada flies off. I I feel like they need to wrap the Cicada stuff soon. I, I have really a feeling do. it's I actually have a feeling it's coming sooner than we think. Um, maybe in the next handful of episodes, because I'm pretty sure Reverse Flash is our big bad. I think so, too. I think Eobard is our big bad again. Yeah. And I'm actually okay with that. I, I've got no problem with that. He's the best villain in the Arrowverse, hands down at this point. Yeah. Um, that's still kicking, you know. I would put Damian Dark up there and the original Deathstroke as well. But right now, I uh, well, I would put down. I'd put Prometheus up there, too. Yeah, but he went boom. That's so. <laughs> oh, that's right. You said still kicking. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I kind of. Because Damien, Damien Dark, I don't think you can, you can ever take him out permanently. <laughs> so. No. And Neil McDonough is just fantastic to that show. So it's. Um, yeah. I mean, there's. I think. I think you're right. I think it's going to wrap up relatively soon. We know that sometime in the next couple weeks, we're still getting that Garad Shark. Oh, that's King that's Shark next showdown. Week. Is it really next week? It, well, yeah. Well, this week. This week. Oh, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah king shark versus gorilla god there it is yeah i am excited <laughs> i'm excited and especially because I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a one-off episode like it's, it's oh, yeah it's going to be a break from the storyline there's not going to be any cicada stuff if there is i'll be surprised um i think jesse l martin is returning finally this episode yeah it's so, episode 15 correct uh yeah episode 15 Yep, Jesse L is back in this episode too. So, so it's going to be a fun kind of break, and I think not Big just CG creatures hitting each other a lot. Not, it's ramp rampage on the Flash, done and done. It's I don't think it's going to be just a break. I think it's going to be a temporary return of to the show's roots a little bit, um, where we're going to see some fun stuff happening, and it's just going to be. Villain of the Weeky kind yeah. of feeling, and I'm like, you know what? Do it up. It's been a while. It's really been a while. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really looking forward to the uh, to the episode. And I think, oh wow, I don't know how much truth there is to this or not. Um, I think it might be a two part episode. Uh, uh, if that's the case, even better. Because <laughs> episode sixteen doesn't have a name for the episode, but listed in the credits are the voice of King Shark and Grodd. Okay. So um, that could just be a mistake on IMDb's part. Uh, again, you know, we're not going to know until it happens. But if it if the episode is continued to the following week and we get to see more of Killer Shark and Grodd in the in, for two weeks, oh, I'm all for that. Oh, this episode all of a sudden makes so much more sense that, that what happened this week uh, that we just talked to, or we're talking about currently. It it was a bottle episode, if you think about it. It uh, was well, well, close to at least. It was we had the rooftop scene on repeat because it's a lot easier to save some money if you only have to shoot one location oh, for most of the episode. That's a good point. And they don't have to have Barry in the mix to do a ton of speed stuff. Uh, they they did a couple quick scenes real fast with Nora, and that was it. But nothing super crazy, nothing really CG heavy. The they were saving their money. They were probably this was a probably a big financial save because think about how expensive Elseworlds probably was, and then this. 
I, I guarantee the Flash was like, we got to be careful <laughs> on budget. Yeah, it's so. it's funny because anytime I hear the words bottle episode, I automatically my my, my brain goes community. to community. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a bottle episode. Um, yeah. But uh, here's an interesting thought. We do know that the metahuman cure is now finished. Do we think we could see this potentially used on Grodd or King Shark? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm um, hoping it doesn't because I want to see these characters return. They, they they won't take Grodd off the table. King Shark is too much of a fan favorite that I think people would be pissed. <laughs> and again, we, we don't know. They only have the one cure so far. So it's the question of how long it takes to make more, all those things. They haven't explained that part yet. Oh, that's true. And they're going to use it on Cicada. So it is the plan. So we're going to see what happens. But I would think they would want to test it first, too, though. Maybe. And if they do test it, it's going to be on Cisco. So we'll see. Okay. All right. That, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know <laughs> don't know what else to bring up about this episode. Uh, I, it, it had a really awesome ending. Uh, I think Nora, how she stopped, well, the teams ended up stopping Cicada was fantastic looking. Yeah. Oh, uh, God, yeah. I mean, that was one of the best power setups I think we've seen for, like, you know, the hero combo move uh, in the show in a long time. Um, that was really, really awesome and really well done. But so. it, it, but and that goes on to my point of being able to see these characters work well together uh, as a supporting cast uh, yeah. and support for the Flash. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things that I'm okay when we have those light episodes, uh, episodes that are light on the hero, because we get to see that spotlight put on these these characters. Yeah, and 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 it was great that they that they worked that it worked out that way. Yeah, I think they did an awesome job in this episode. Again, still in a hero category and territory, and I know there was a lot of fun stuff. Like, Cisco's date stuff was amusing. Uh, but again, you know, it, you're right. It's time to move. We got to get moved past the Cicada plotline. And I think, or we just need to figure out if he's going to remain the big bad through the season or what. But I really I, I want to see where, where this Eobard story is going. We know we're going to be getting a full episode about all of that relatively soon. Um, but Again, it's st- it's stopping Cicada, then figuring out how to save Barry, and I I'm curious on how that's going to play. I'm really curious on how that's going to play out. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, oh, and I guess oh, the only other point too is uh, by the end of the episode, we saw Sherlock uh, not stay you know distracted by um, you know Renee and went right back Renee Adler and went right back to looking into Nora. So uh, we'll see that probably hopefully unveil soon. Yeah, I, I think sometime in the next couple of weeks, uh, we might not see any more of that uh, next week and maybe even for the next two, depending on if that episode is a continuation. But yeah, I, I, I think we're going to see more of that. He's going to he's going to know her secret sometime in the next two to three weeks. Yeah, I think so. He's going to know the secret. Um, The only other final note I have, too, is if there was any kind of spinoff that would come from The Flash, um, I want to see it come from Ian. Oh, Ian. No, Ian. <laughs> Ian. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I have a coffee and for was... Ian. It's Ian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I just found that funny. Oh, yeah. No, it was great. And there was another one, too. Uh, I can't remember the other person's name that, that went up and they got the, the name wrong. Uh, it was the, the final date. It was like, not even that. Like, Stef- like Stefan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Ian and Stefan. Ian and Stefan. Yeah. Um, oh, and the only other. Oh, this I complete. I have to go back to Arrow for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun comic book nod in this week's Arrow. Oliver's uh, Chili. It... Uh, I don't think I know that. He is uh, apparently he is very well known in the his 
his chili is well known in the hero world. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. It, I, God, I haven't thought about that in forever. <laughs> <laughs> but we got mention of uh, the Green Arrow of Oliver's Chili in in this this week of the Arrow. Um, not the Arrow, Arrow. Uh, a couple points of listener feedback that we'll get to real quick. Uh, our buddy Shad, really cool episode. But one thing that really bugged me, and reader be warned because it contains spoilers. This is because we post that there could be spoilers on there uh so look closely when cicada recalls the dagger after ralph dies the first time you see the shot from behind ralph's back and when it and when it leaves his body there's no visible exit wound or hole in his clothes it looks like they just forgot a special effect or something uh i don't think they forgot it i think as you mentioned this being a bottle episode they were just saving money it was so fast that i don't really think they were concerned with it yeah no i agree uh, and then Michael Franks, uh, what an amazing episode of my favorite DC TV series, The Flash. Absolutely loving this season. Every single episode has been freaking awesome. Michael, you are a wonderful positive spirit. Seriously. <laughs> like, you uh, you love these shows so much that no matter how much we critique them, it doesn't change that. So, well done, sir. Like, more power Perfect. to you. Yes. I'm stepping down from the show, and he's taking my spot. <laughs> Uh, so thank you again for the feedback. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. Anytime you guys want to leave it for us, um, we post these feedback uh, posts on the Facebook page. Feel free to leave your comments. And as we did this episode, we'll, we'll read them. Uh, we go through them and read them after we uh, watch the episodes. And uh, we'll share them with the rest of the audience as well. Indeed. So DC primetime slash, uh, I'm sorry, facebook.com slash DC primetime. Just keep an eye out for those posts, usually relatively within... Within an hour of the episode airing, I, I try and get them posted. So on, on Eastern time. So on Eastern right time, now. yeah. So because yeah, uh, West Coast folk haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, or just starting the episode. So yeah. So don't go into them again. It says in the description that there are spoilers. So uh, just don't read the comments or go in the post one until after you've watched the episode. Indeed. Uh, so we've got Doom Patrol, but we're going to push that until after the news because we want you guys to hear the news. And then those of you who haven't seen Doom Patrol can kind of drop out. Um, but let's head into the DC news. All right. We're going to kick off with uh, one of the big ones. And I'm going to make this short because I'm sick and tired of talking about it. <laughs> ben Affleck officially confirms he is retired as Batman, not just the uh, not just Matt Reeves upcoming like Batman flick permanently he am done <laughs> so he am done uh, so if you've been like no, no no he's still gonna hang in there no he he said on kimmel he is finished there is no more return of the batfleck um so i'm really really excited to say that we don't have to report on this ever again and i'm that's that's a wonderful wonderful feeling because i was so tired of posting news stories about this um and like i said we posted the big one about a week ago that basically said he's finished up this was him on the talk show, uh, talk show, not just saying, hey, yeah, good luck to Matt Reeves and all. This was him on TV saying, finished. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, we can put that to rest finally. Moving on. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's the sequel moving forward. Uh, we've talked about officially last week. It sounds like James Wan's collaborator, David Leslie Johnson, uh, has signed on to write the script for the sequel. He was one of the co-writers originally with Will Beale uh, that was based on a story by Jeff Johns. So we're seeing one of the writers at least officially confirmed to be coming back. Uh, we don't know if Will Beale is going to be signing back on as well to write the sequel with him. But looking forward to seeing where that goes. Me too. Uh, 
In addition to that, uh, we've got a little bit more on Aquaman as well. Uh, Jason Momoa is teasing a little bit about the future of DC, and I really mean it, it is just a little tease. Uh, but over on Twitter, he did uh, post a little something, uh, and it was originally based off of uh, his Instagram page. But basically, this kind of telling everybody you have no idea what's coming in the DC film side. Uh, so it sounds like there's a lot of stuff we don't know about that he's trying to tease here. I would not be surprised to see some big bombshell dropped at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, so I, I'm excited to see where things are going to go, but I, I really do feel like we're going to we're gonna be finding out something sooner than later. Yeah, so. yeah, me too. Uh, jumping into some other film news, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the past, but this sounds like it's getting closer and closer to being confirmed that Superman has been reportedly shelved uh, to give Supergirl the spotlight. So we've been talking a little bit in the past that they were talking uh, heavily about developing a Supergirl live-action film. Uh, but that sounds like that's definitely going to be the case. And it sounds like they're hoping for a 2021 release. So um, we'll hopefully be hearing a lot more about that soon. But again, uh, maybe a, what, a little bit of what Jason Momoa just said is tilting us in that direction that maybe we'll find out a little bit more about San Diego Comic-Con timeline. So big wait and see. Uh, jumping into a little bit of Harley Quinn news. I've got a couple stories surrounding her character, most specifically to start off in James Gunn's Suicide Squad flick that we know is going to be a soft reboot of Suicide Squad. Uh, may indeed include Harley Quinn after all. There was a lot of rumors stating that she was not going to be playing a part in this, but it sounds like that is not entirely true. That uh, it sounds like um, she actually may well be a character appearing in that film. I'm sure it's going to be a big wait and see. Take that kind of with a grain of salt until we have the official announcement in word. Again, expect San Diego Comic-Con for lots and lots of DC news. So we're going to say that quite a bit up until uh, this summer. So uh, going into a little bit of Birds of Prey casting, uh, we have a new person joining the cast, and that's Charlene Amoya. Has been cast as Helena Bertinelli's mother, Maria Bertinelli. Uh, and if you don't recognize that actress's name, Charlene Amoya, better known as Wendy the Waitress from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be seeing her again play Helena's uh, Helena's mom. So uh, looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. But I loved her character on Himium, so can't wait to see it. <laughs> Himium. Ah, that's, that's what we always call it. All right. Um, again, in the final story going along with the Harley Quinn kind of saga here is officially, it sounds like the Joker and Harley Quinn team up film has been pulled from the books. Uh, so it sounds like that is done and done. Which I is, I, again, this is them distancing a lot more from the DCEU as a whole of what was built up. But in addition to it, probably Jared Leto's version of the Joker. Yes, please. Thank you. So it is time to restart. And I think that's fine. I think they're making the right moves to kind of say, nope, we know what we're going to be and what we're going to do. And I think the only characters you're going to see continue to carry are going to be uh, Gal Gadot and Momoa's versions of their, their characters respectively. So, um, so which I don't think is a bad thing. Nope. All right. Going over to Shazam. The film has officially been rated by the Motion Picture Association of America. And that is going to be officially coming in as a PG-13 rating to no one's surprise. All right, over to the TV side of things. There is a couple small things and one big thing. Uh, we'll get the one of the big ones out of the way. But if you've been watching the Arrowverse shows and the other CW content like Supergirl, Riverdale, all the, or not Supergirl, but obviously because that's part of the Arrowverse, but things like Supernatural and things like Riverdale, uh, things like The 100, and all the thousands of other great CW shows that we don't get a penny from that we really should start getting some <laughs> money back. 
But anyway, I digress. Uh, it sounds like they are all going to be leaving Netflix coming this spring. Uh, the current deal between uh, the CW and Netflix is officially coming to a close this coming spring when their current contract is going to expire. But, um, you know, Warner Media creative chief Kevin Riley did come out and say he's like, well, with that wrapping up and our new streaming service, the this the Warner Brothers streaming service, not DC Universe streaming, but the Warner Brothers streaming service, he said it makes no sense to have that content split on multiple places whatsoever. So this is them saying, F you, give us money. <laughs> so Pretty much. Essentially. Uh, but the thing is that's interesting about the story is there's been no confirmation that these shows are also going to end up on the DC Universe streaming service as well. So that's a little disconcerting. So I really, really hope that Warner Brothers doesn't make a really dumb move here and said, if you want all of our content, you need to s- subscribe to two services. But at the same time, because it's a big creative company like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they also do it. But um, I think we're we're about to have a big bubble burst in all of this stuff very soon. Uh, Disney Plus launches next year. You're going to see all Disney content removed um, pretty much everywhere uh, heading over to the DC Plus service. We found out that their adult content is going to stay on Hulu for for their um, for for Disney related projects, and now, like I said, Warner pulling their stuff as well uh, with their own service. And then again, you're going to have Netflix and Hulu, Amazon Prime, and I think people are going to get sick of paying what they were for cable uh, now across eight different programs. Yeah, so. I mean, it, but it's weird too because like Disney streaming service is starting next year, so they've been pulling a lot of their content, but now Marvel, which is a Disney-owned property is creating new series for Hulu, you know, which you mentioned that like they're keeping their adult stuff on Hulu and Marvel being a Disney property is technically keeping their adult Disney on Mar on Hulu. But at, like you pulled it from one service just to take it to another. That just for me, well, just, there's they, a lot of they, stuff doesn't make sense. Well, cause they partially own Hulu. <laughs> so, and, and Warner brothers owns DC. So like, uh, I mean, and that's why Disney's going to move stuff there because again, with, the deals that they've made with Sky and all them, I think they have they own forty percent of Hulu now, uh, so that's a big part for them. So for them to cancel any deals with Netflix makes full sense. Uh, but you know I, the Warner stuff, it's the really big question that's going to come into play is is the Warner Media uh, like streaming service system going to be split between there and the DC Universe and with all the Netflix shows or not the Netflix shows but the Arrowverse stuff going on one side versus the other. That's, I think, where we get into a really sticky situation very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think this is also going to really hurt Netflix in a big, bad way. So I know the CW shows have been some of the most watched content there. And uh, I think this could become problematic very quickly. Yeah. So uh, so keep your eyes on it. So, And just cross your fingers that you're not going to have to pay two places to watch the DC shows if you want to watch them streaming. So we'll see. Uh, jumping into a new show that's going to kick off, uh, DC Superhero Girls, that's going to appear on Cartoon Network. If you haven't checked it out previously, there was a short that did appear in front of Teen Titans Go to the Movies. This is the show created by Lauren Faust, uh, most well known for her work on My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Uh, from even watching the little short that we saw in front of Teen Titans Go to the Movies, um, boys or girls, I think you're going to, your kids are going to enjoy it, and I think it's going to have a lot of that fun zaniness. So even if you're a fan of Teen Titans Go, highly recommend giving this a shot. 
when this series launches on March 8th on Cartoon Network, we will indeed review the very first episode on the show as well. Yes, so. we will. So wait for our review. <laughs> and the biggest surprise of this week is the most exciting. Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles animated film has been announced coming out this spring. Uh, it is – this sounds just phenomenal. Um, again, this is in conjunction with Warner Brothers Animation and Nickelodeon. Uh, Sci-Fi Wire broke the news this past Wednesday uh, that this is happening. Obviously, there has been, I think, two actual comic series having these characters crossover. I, and I did I – re- I read the first one. And a third is on its way. I think it was just announced this past week uh, that they're doing a third series setup of this. But we do know this is going to arrive uh, on 4K, Blu-ray, and digital HD late this spring. So uh, probably give it about three or four months. But again, uh, really excited to check this one out. Uh, the you know character designs look great. It, it's a very wonderful old school look for Batman. It's that blue and gray. Um, you know, that we kind of saw in Batman Brave and the Bold. But we also are seeing, you know, Looks like Robin in the mix, Batgirl in the mix. They announced the casting too. Uh, Troy Baker is coming back to play Batman. He hasn't played that since Batman Arkham Origins, but he's also playing the Joker. Uh, and he also has an amazing Joker as well. But we also have Darren Chris, who we know played Music Meister, uh, also previously from uh, uh, Glee. So uh, another uh, Glee alum from the Arrowverse. Um, in addition to that, I know we also have, I believe, uh, he's actually playing Raphael Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live, playing Matt Michelangelo, Baron Vaughn from Grace and Frankie, playing Donatello, and Eric Bauza playing uh, Leonardo. So, again, a lot of big talent here and a lot of big voice actor talent in this mix. In addition to, we're also seeing people like John DiMaggio, uh, Tom Kenny, and obviously Tara Strong coming back into the mix, but... John DiMaggio uh, playing Mr. Freeze. Uh, obviously, you know him playing Bender from Futurama. Tom Kenny, a.k.a. SpongeBob SquarePants, is playing the Penguin. Uh, and then, obviously, Tara Strong coming back to play Harley Quinn. Also, Poison Ivy. But it sounds like we're also going to be seeing Bane in the mix and Rachel Ghoul. So, uh, big, big, big heavy hitter. So, it's really excited to see this play out. So, And that is it for the news for the week. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that movie, too, because I, I enjoyed the comic book series when I read the first one. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with it. And I think it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, we've got a lot of exciting uh, animated films coming up from uh, from Warner Brothers. Uh, I think the next one is uh, Justice League Fatal Five, uh, which is kind of a continuation of the Bruce Timverse, which is really cool. And that's going to also introduce us to more Legion of Superhero characters in that mix. So that's really fun. But that's also Kevin Conroy coming back to play Batman. And I can't remember for the life of me. It does escape me. Um, the... Uh, actor that was playing superman from that show as well from the old justice league show is coming back as well uh yeah so, i can't remember the name either uh yeah it, it, it's, it's driving me nuts because it's on the tip of my tongue uh but after that also too i think we'll have this and then immediately after that will be uh hush so God, really I, really I, I can't wait for hush yeah so uh this is going to be just getting just cooler and cooler as we go yeah so. Uh, all right. So, um, real quick, I just want to make mention of the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC primetime, uh, before some of you drop out and we start talking about Doom Patrol. Um, I think, uh, should we do our recommendations here now too? Yeah, I'm, I think okay. we should just do our cheap plugs and our recommendations and everything now. And then, uh, this way for those people that haven't seen Doom Patrol, they can drop out now and then we can 
for those of you who have seen Doom Patrol and you want to hear our thoughts, uh, stick around and we'll we'll, fin- we'll wrap up with that. But uh, Next Level Radio Online is where you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts on the podcast Next Level on the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime, Facebook.com slash The Next Level Network now for the Facebook page. Um, and yeah, that about wraps it up for that. Uh, as for me, you can always also find me at Next Level as well through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Uh, our last episode was on fandom toxicity, uh, which was fantastic. Um, and it sounds like a lot of you guys that have checked it out, too. So that's really awesome. Um, and if you haven't, I highly urge you to check that episode out. It was, I think it's a topic that was really necessary to do in today's day and age, especially as we talk about, you know, obviously – not just the difference between criticism and being toxic about a fandom. So uh, I, I think it was really it, very useful to discuss, especially for Ben and I, because we actually talked a lot about, um, you know, what it's like to make this show and trying not to become those toxic folks. So, yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it gives you a little insight into the show if you haven't checked it out. So please do so. Uh, our next episode will probably be releasing. My hope is now the episodes will be coming out on the first of every month. Uh, that's that's the hope we're going to see on how that plays out. But we'll uh, be probably setting up casting probably. Uh, I'm going to probably be setting that up tomorrow. And that's going to be cartoons of the 80s and 90s. Uh, really excited about that one. Yeah, so. me too. I hope I get to be a part of it. Uh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, it depends because remember, uh, I might have a yeah. I might have a potential trip coming up uh, right. sometime soon. So it depends on when that falls. But we'll see. Um yeah, so uh, quick recommendations. My recommendation is very simple. If you have the means to do it, watch Doom Patrol. That's um, I'm just going to share that because, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, we know that some of you don't have the means to do it. We know that, like, um, you know, these DC shows are showing up on the Canadian version of Netflix rather than the DC streaming universe, and uh, they haven't shown up yet because they're not going to post it until the full season is out, uh, which is rather unfortunate. Um, but for those of you that do have the opportunity to see it, whether it be DC Streaming Universe or other sources, uh, highly recommend watching Doom Patrol. That's mm-hmm. that's my recommendation for this week. Uh, that being said, let's talk about Doom Patrol. Yes. And let's wrap please. up this episode with that. Um, we mentioned at the top of the episode, it, it is New Gods territory where it is an 11 out of 10. Um, and it is just... Man, I, from the start of the episode with Alan Tudyk's voiceover. Oh, my God. I, 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 all I can say right off the bat, I really hope he narrates the entire So series. do I. So um, do I. Because he brought so much levity to such such a dark story. I mean, I, again, it's a very dark story, but I will say that him breaking things up and how goofy he was kind of threw it all worked so great it worked brilliantly and you know what the opening dialogue of this was some of the funniest ever and i i just all i can say is the opening some of the opening lines of which one of them i'm sure you heard at the beginning of this episode is like oh great another superhero show i'm sure you want to hang yourself <laughs> uh and there was that but it is like and then it was the line that happened just almost immediately after and it was just like just like all good stories our story starts with somebody visiting a nazi <laughs> and i'm like oh my god you've got to be kidding me but like there was moments like that through this entire thing and it it worked so perfectly uh, and, and it was it it was brilliant it was so 
brilliant. And I was really just blown away. I know we're going to get into all these things, but I feel like I've been holding on to this for a couple days. And I, yeah. I, I, nobody I know except me and my wife, Neil Ben, have watched it. And I'm like, this was just so good. It, I, I personally don't feel I have ever seen a superhero show of any type ever trump this for a pilot ever. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it, it's it was first things first. Well, I mean, not first things first because we've already talked about a couple things. The Alan Tudyk stuff was was fantastic. Uh, I hope he narrates the entire season, as you mentioned. Uh, but I never, never thought in my life, and I really wasn't anticipating it with this episode. I would have my eyes view a Brendan Fraser sex scene, and we ah. got and we got <laughs> we got it this episode. Um. The just like Titans, this show does not hold back when it comes to what it covered, like when it comes to the material that is in the show and the language that it uses. There are multiple f bombs in this in this episode. <laughs> I think all of them come from oh Robot God. Man. Uh, my favorite one though, too, was was with the chief trying to have him start learning to talk, and he looks at the date, <laughs> and I think forget with the word that he was trying to say. Flew. It was just like flu yeah and he was just like fuck fuck, <laughs> fuck. he's like it's 1995 fuck <laughs> and i apologize again though too for our language but again we're talking about this show which again is if you have a family this is a no lie this is a hard r this is going to be a hard r show be prepared for this just like titans they are not going to hold back this is not meant for children this is meant for adults again we see you know, not full frontal nudity, but like I said, we see a woman, a topless woman in this. We we see Brendan Fraser's ass uh, taking her from behind. <laughs> so, yeah. um, again, as you mentioned, language all over the place. And it's going to be intense. It's going to be incredibly, incredibly intense. Um, and man. <laughs> but, I, uh, but I will say, like, one of my favorite parts about this episode, and I mentioned these two words earlier on when we were talking about it, are uh, heart and humor. And oh there God. are a yeah. ton of both. I, th this episode, while we do we do get origins of all these characters throughout this this episode, um, but very heavily on Cliff Steele, aka Robot Man, because uh, you can definitely tell he's going to be the focal point and the heart of the show. Yes, um, and and oh, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, like his story, like the telling of his backstory, because it's told over, I think, a good twenty years, if not more. Right. Um, uh, of you know his backstory his story made me both made me laugh and at certain points almost brought me to tears i'm not yeah. gonna lie this show actually i think pulled every type of emotion you can think of out of you and it it executed all those points flawlessly i really can't find a flaw in this episode with the exception of maybe one tiny nitpicky thing and is I wish they would have explained why they haven't aged and in during the time and that's it but I'm sure we're gonna get there I'm sure we're gonna get there well I mean the aging thing I kind of wrote off but robot man you can easily he doesn't age he's a robot right um uh, uh negative man you never see what he actually looks like so you can kind of write off him and not he, ha aging. he has it he, he has that energy thing uh, well we have he has the energy thing inside of him too which could keep him from that rita obviously it elastigirl sense. you can she's never going to age if, if she doesn't want to yeah the right. only person i i think you would have to kind of consider not aging is chief but we don't know how long he's been part of this crew yet 
right exactly we we don't know the specifics and there's one character we haven't gotten a full backstory on yet who is the brand new character that was not in the titans um you know episode with uh doom patrol and that's crazy is crazy jane yeah oh my god she was phenomenal yeah she was such a standout character and i will absolutely say robot man and crazy jane sequences together were absolutely some of the greatest highlights of this show completely in this pilot episode i absolutely absolutely adored their interactions together and her character is going to be so much fun she has 64 personalities and each one of them has their own superpower and it gives you so much to be excited about as we watch the show continue uh, because you just don't know who's ever going to come out. And we only got to see three of them. Uh, we, we saw Hammerhead. We saw just herself. We saw and, Jane. And we, Jane. And then we saw her turn into a giant that was on fire for a quick scene. And that was it. Um, and it it makes you excited to know we've not even scratched the surface of her at all. And I think that it makes this incredibly exciting. Same thing with Larry, a.k.a. Negative Man. We, we if you're not familiar with his character, which I can say I'm not as much. Uh, I mean, I obviously know him in, in the comics, but I don't know his his power set very well and how he works completely as a character. So it's an introduction a little bit more for me. And they, they haven't really talked about him yet. But if they kind of do a similar format to Titans where they give us a little bit more about each one of them as we go and still tell a, a present day story, I think we're going to be in great shape. Because we obviously, I think, feel like we have a good understanding of Rita. Larry is the one I think that they really have a lot more to unfold on. Because, again, we know very little about how he functions and works yet. And then same with Crazy Jane. We'll see that play out. But I know episode two, we're going to be getting our introduction to Cyborg as well. Yeah. So Yes, I was going to bring that up. And you, you yeah, you beat me to it, which is fine. Um, yeah, and looking forward to, like, looking ahead to next week's episode two, or this week's episode, rather, uh, episode two, uh, man, just reading the synopsis has me excited already. Uh, following Mr. Nobody's capture of the chief, Doom Patrol investigate, the Doom Patrol investigate the mysterious albino donkey and discover, just that alone, reading that would, like... If you didn't see the pilot, you'd have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Uh, investigate the mysterious albino donkey and discover it's a door to another universe where Mr. Nobody is in control. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, what is it? What is it? The mind has no limit? I th- I think yeah, I think that's what it, yeah, what it is. So, but man, just even the CGI on creating Mr. Nobody, like, uh, Alan Tudyk, seeing him as Mr. Nobody, he looks fantastic. He looks really cool. I mean, again, you can definitely see the CG to it, but it's such a unique look and design. And you know what? I and This is going to be a deep cut. And I'm sure anybody out there that loves cinema uh, going back, this reminds me of the first usage of CGI ever, which was The Young Adventures of Sherlock Holmes with a stained glass. Oh, my God, you're right. It, it, again, that's a big deep cut for anybody that knows that film, knows their history with ILM and all those things. That look it reminds me of that so much. And I'm like, that's a really cool, different kind of design and take. And I think it looks and works perfectly. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. It's just, man, there's so many, so much greatness that came out of just this one episode. And if the rest of the season carries at least anywhere close to as good as this one was, we're in for a phenomenal season. We really, really are. I I think it's, I, I think they have the right cast they all play off of each other perfectly, and you feel for them. You actually felt for every one of those characters. Like, we found out, obviously, you know, the big thing for, for Larry was, 
you know, he was a test pilot and, you know, working for the, you know, it was the Marine Corps, I believe. And things went wrong with a flight when he got hit by, you know, the alien being. And we found out, though, like, there was that now he, it couldn't, line. It, I couldn't have been the Marine Corps because I don't think the Marine Corps existed yet at that time. Or, it was or probably Air Force, yeah. Air Force, whatever it was, yeah. Uh, but it was him even, that was that line that they mentioned, too, that was coming from Alan Tudor, kind of, you know, we see him come out of the wreckage burned up, and he's like, he already felt like a monster because it was the 19, early 1960s or 1950s uh, as being a gay man, and he just felt, you know, like he couldn't survive in that world. So, like, all these little pieces were so just heartbreaking. Uh, you know, finding out Robot Man's truth about how the accident happened. It wasn't the, the car race like it is in the comic books. They found a way to update that and make it that much more intense. And it was intense. Uh, you know, it was the him and his accident that killed his wife and led him to believe the death of his daughter. Uh, which we find out later on in the episode that she indeed is not dead. And all these little pieces. But, like, just watching these people's stories unfold the way that they did in these origins was done so perfect and it felt like they ha- gave the episode the amount of time they didn't feel like they shoved themselves into like a 42 minute format anything like that they said no we need a full hour to tell this story and they took advantage of every moment of that and i didn't think they wasted a single moment or second yeah yeah no i i agree with you completely i just i the the, the pilot was phenomenal and i just i i feel like i want to watch it again like when, I, I, when we're I, done talking about it, I, I want to watch probably, it. Probably, I'm probably gonna watch it as soon as we finish this up. Um, I, I thoroughly thought it was just fantastic. Yeah. I really, really was blown away. I was too. I mean, again, it, it's. I, I mentioned this when we were prepping for the episode. I haven't talked about it on the podcast, but it was one of those shows that the episode had me engaged every second of the of the episode. I, yeah. My eyes were on the screen every second, waiting to hear the next humorous line, waiting to see what the next heartbreaking moment was going to be, um, and just waiting to see what was going to happen next. Yeah. And I, um, I can't wait to see where the rest of this is going to play out. When we get to the Primer Awards, I would be amazed if this show doesn't win Best Show. Um, I, I really think that this is already setting itself up and has the DNA to be the best show we talk about this year completely. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 and what also it makes me excited too is from everything that they learned about Titan Titans before they did the show makes me that much more excited about Swamp Thing. And, Thinking and, about what they achieved here, I cannot wait for what's going to come out of Swamp Thing in season two of Titans. Well, not just Swamp Thing in season two of Titans, but Stargirl. And Stargirl. And oh some, my God. And, and the casting we've been getting with that show with Joel McHale. And, and the, oh, yeah, I can't wait for these series. Yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, we talked about it and said, you know, where do we go from Crisis on Infinite Earths? And we were saying and jokingly, like, kind of like, after that, does it make sense to continue talking about these shows? And we may retire some of these shows because these other ones, we just need that much more. But you never know. Like I said, this show can always change at a moment's notice. Um, you know, we we, we, we still have hard decisions to make as we talk about DC Primetime's future and what it always will be. Uh, you know, we can't do the show forever, but there could be a point in time that says, you know what? The excitement level that we have for maybe the Arrowverse wanes to the point after something big like next year and it says, well, are we going to be able to review this in a way that we're fans still or still need this in our lives each and every week where there could be another set of properties or things that are happening that are still DC that meet our needs as far as fans that we can tell you 
oh my god, this was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's and that's something I think that's when shows like this come around and it reminds you of oh my god, I need I need more now. Uh, makes you look at other shows that you're like, okay, it's 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 fine, and it makes you kind of question your your where your brain's at at certain points. So, yeah, it's 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 nice to be able to watch shows like this that bring back the excitement that we once had. I mean, and still have for the other shows. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, it, it wanes from time to time, but again, there's always that moment, like that 150th episode of Arrow, that goes, man, this is why I love this series. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's nice to to see. It's nice to be able to watch these series with a new, fresh eye and a new, fresh excitement again. And this this show, just in the pilot, reinvigorated all of that. Uh, you know what? Before we before we get ready to get out of here, I, I have a general question for you. Okay. Um, you know, we talk about the Primer Awards a little bit more and more now because, again, it's something that I know you and I are both very excited about to do. And I'm sure we'll do that. We'll probably do that at the very end of December, um, or if not January. We have to figure out details on all that stuff. If you were to say what your top five episodes of things we've talked about since this these seasons have kicked off, oh god, where do you think you fall right now? This because again, I'm kind of curious of just these current shows yeah. right now. Uh, well, are these current seasons? I mean, yeah, including Titans in this mix. Oh god, so that means I can't I can't include Enter Flash Time. Because that was last season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Slapside Redemption is absolutely in there. Emerald Archer is in there. Uh, Doom Patrol Pilot is in there. Um, Keep in mind, Elseworlds is not eligible. <laughs> so Yeah, I was taking that into account because uh, that, oh man, that's tough. Uh, I, I would probably put Hawk and Dove in there. Yeah, Hawk and Dove would probably be in there. If not... Um, Hulk and Dove. There was another episode of Titans that I really enjoyed, and for the sake of me, I can't remember which one it was. Um, uh, the Jason Todd one, too. Was just, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that might have yeah. been it. I think that might have yeah. been the other one. Um, I want to say maybe an episode of The Flash, but I would have to go back and look. To, uh, well, we had the 100th see. episode this year, so, on The Flash. Yeah, that's true. We did. No, you know what? It, it's as funny as, as it may seem. Um... I think it's going to be obviously uh, Slapside Redemption, Emerald Archer from Arrow, uh, Dawn, uh, Doom Patrol pilot, um, uh, the Doom Patrol episode of Titans mm-hmm. uh, was another one, and oh man, I want to give something to the Flash, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe the hundredth episode of the Flash. Yeah, and again, you know. I, I think Legends has been super fun. There hasn't been any that have been like, oh, wow. <laughs> Granted, uh, well, oh, no, no, because the midseason finale was really awesome because that was like Puppets of Tomorrow and all that stuff. And yeah. The, the custodians of the chronology and all that stuff. And, yeah. It's it's tough. And I don't even, you know what? I don't even think we wait until the end of the year for the primary awards. I think we do it over the summer. Yeah, we, we might have to do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because we're, because during the, you know, from September until the end of the year, we're too busy talking about the shows. Post annuals, I guess, is what we're gonna. Yeah, do. I think I think the primary awards would have to be over the summer. I think maybe towards the end of sweeps, like in May, we start taking nominations, and over the course of the summer, we do we put it up for voting, and um, that's when we we do the awards. Yeah. Oh, 
It's gonna be fun. I'm it enjoying is. It. I'm, I'm enjoying that idea already. So yeah. But all right. If you haven't had an opportunity to see, well, if you haven't had the opportunity to see Doom Patrol, why are you listening to us at this point? Um, but yeah, man, can't wait to see what Doom Patrol is gonna be bringing as it uh as it progresses forward. We're gonna be watching and, it every week. And honestly, if you haven't watched it and you're listening to us, uh, I hope we convinced you that you need to watch this. Um, because it's really worth your time. It absolutely is worth your time. And again, remi- reminder, this is an R-rated uh, series. No question about it. Yeah, no, so. yep, not at all. Uh, but I think that is going to wrap it up. Yeah. For It's weird going from a top, going from a discussion right into the wrap-up, but we already did mm-hmm. everything else. So, uh, But that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of, uh, this week's issue of DC Primetime. Next week, or next week's podcast, we have Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl does return this week. So we will be talking about all of them. And as we mentioned, brothers and sisters, King Shark versus uh, uh, Gorilla Grodd. And I don't know what they're doing on Supergirl, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. I, Supergirl's been awesome this year, so yep, horror is always good. Yes, uh, but that's it. We'll see you guys further. <laughs> until next time, we'll see you guys further on around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs>